instead of actually embracing that tension that God has presented an opportunity to say, hey, listen, maybe I want to grow you. Maybe I want to stretch you. Instead of what we do, we actually try to numb it. We try to avoid it. The fastest growing drug in the world is actually not an illegal drug. Um, It's pain medication. Because we live in a culture today like nobody wants to feel pain. And I'm not talking about like you hurt yourself and you need a pill. It's like you get depressed or maybe you're at a space in your life where it's tense and it's stress. And we don't want to feel that anymore. We don't want to feel that. We don't want to experience it. We don't want to walk through that. So we say, doctor, give me something so I don't have to feel any of this. But see, scripture actually teaches us the exact opposite. The exact opposite. If you've got a Bible, turn with me to James chapter 1, and it'll actually be on the screens if you don't. James chapter 1, starting in verse 2, it says this. Consider it, <laughs> I love this and hate this line right here, okay? Consider it a sheer gift, a gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Consider it a gift. Wait, what? Who, who wrote this? You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open, and it shows its true colors, right? So when your back is up against the wall, you are revealed for who you really are, right? Says then, I love this line right here. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed and not deficient in any way. So in other words, what scripture is telling us, when you find yourself in that space in between, in that stressful moment, in that tension, consider it a gift. Consider it a gift. And some of us are going, a gift? <laughs> are, you, are you serious? Like, God, how can this be a gift? Because I'm in pain. I'm, I'm suffering. I'm walking through something. But the truth is, under pressure, who we really are begins to come to the surface, and that's the person that God wants to deal with. Because the truth is, you're never going to arrive to your destination, to the place where you really want to be in life until you deal with that tension. Until you actually come face to face with it and say, okay, what am I going to do about this space in between? What am I going to do about these moments when everything in my life isn't working out? Do I just, okay, I'm just going to be depressed until I get out of it? Okay, I'm just going to be this way until some another opportunity comes along. The space in between is, it may be filled with temptations. It may be filled with suffering. But here's the truth. It's also where the deepest joy is found. It's also where the deepest joy is found. Because in those moments, in that tension, we can drill down deep to discover who God really is. That God actually understands what it's like to be in pain. He actually understands and he knows what you're going through. I love it how James says, don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Don't avoid the tension. Now, I think this, if we're real honest with ourselves for a moment, the reason many of us have not reached the destination that we want to be at is because we keep avoiding the tension. The reason we haven't reached the joy The reason we haven't reached the place where we feel like we want to be at in life is because we're doing everything that we can to avoid the life that we're living in right now. And listen, I'm not just preaching to to you guys. I'm preaching myself as well. Remember, I said I was just studying this and this kind of came about. But, But let's just think about it for a moment. 
Think about our culture today. I mean, we have these things now. It's just kind of like, all right, uh, we do it. I mean, I've done it. Where you just sit down and you're like, man, I'm just tired. You know what's going to help my tiredness? Netflix. <laughs> I'm just going to binge out on season one, uh, uh, whatever it is. But could it be possible that God is allowing that tension in your life? Rather than to numb it, he wants you to embrace it. And says, in the middle of all this, I want to teach you something. In the middle of all this, I want to teach you what it looks like to actually have joy and peace even when your world is falling down around you. This is what I love about the disciples. They were some of the most joyful people in the world. And I'm not talking about just like happy, okay? Their life was was nothing like that we would aspire to live. They were constantly on the run. They were constantly being hunted. They were constantly being looked at so somebody could murder them. People were always telling them to shut up, to stop preaching the gospel. They were always on the run, but yet somehow they were always full of joy. I even love it when um, there's a few instances in the scriptures when like, the disciples get beat. There is, well, I can't remember the exact passage, but there is a scene in scripture where you have about two or three of the disciples. They get beat. They get flogged with these rods. And after they're done, it says they run out of the city rejoicing that they had the opportunity to suffer for his name. And you're like, bro, you, like, you just got hit on the head. You, like, it's bleeding. And now you're rejoicing because they understood that in the middle of deepest pain, sometimes there's also the deepest joy. Listen, God will never waste your pain. Whatever you're going through right now, maybe God didn't cause it, but he can use it. He can use it, and he's not going to waste your pain. Listen, we all have that destination of where we want to be at in life, Right? Right after this service, my family and I, for Christmas this year, we decided instead of a bunch of Christmas presents, we're going to go, we're going to do vacation. So right after service, we're, we've already got the van packed up and we're heading to Tennessee. Now, listen, it's awesome. We're looking forward to snow and all that kind of stuff. But here's the deal. There is this space in between that is about to happen. Because <laughs> um, the drive is 11 hours with five children. Now, if you have over one child, you will know what I'm talking about, okay? So we're about to pack into a van, and you know, as a parent, you try to eliminate everything. Okay, we're gonna have all the snacks, we're gonna have all the juice, we're gonna have this, we'll have games, we'll have that, but it's like none of it really works. It it, it just, I think really it just eases your own soul, you know, like just take the iPad, please, so there is this tension in between. There's, there's going to be poopy diapers. There's going to, we had one, we went, we went two years ago to Gatlinburg. We had one eat so many gummy bears, he threw up gummy bears all over the van. It was just kind of like one of those parent moments where you're like, just be quiet and eat as much candy as you want. <laughs> and they really did. And then he's, Wah. So there is this space in between, but here's the truth. We're willing to endure it, right? Because we want to get to the destination. The kids want to get there. We want to have fun. And oftentimes when you go on vacation or when you have a big day planned, you're not thinking about the journey. You're not thinking about everything that you're about to have to endure just to get there. But here's the truth. The journey is often the better part of life. It's most of life. And we have to learn how to live in that. It's not always mountaintops. It's not always the high point. It's not always reaching the destination of life that you want to be in. Oftentimes, it is you in that van traveling down the road with five kids. 
It is that space in between. There is that tension. And here's the truth. You'll never get to the destination if you're unwilling to deal with the tension. You have to learn to deal with it. And here's the truth. Your Savior, Jesus, the one that we all serve and follow, he knows what it's like to live in the space in between. And Some of you would say, well, well how? He's God, right? Everything is perfect. Here's the truth. There's this crazy story in the Gospels. When you think about it, it really is crazy. Because the person who has everything going for them in history is Jesus. The person who is absolutely secure in his identity is Jesus. Jesus knows exactly who he is. He knows why he came to earth. He knows why he's here. He knows exactly what he needs to fulfill. There's not an ounce in him where he's like, I'm just insecure. I'm unsure about myself. Like He knows exactly who he is. And then there's this crazy thing that happens before he starts his ministry. The Spirit of the Lord leads him into the desert for 40 days. It says, oh, by the way, while you're in the desert, don't eat anything. What? For 40 days, the perfect Son of God is about to face this, what we would call the space in between. He's going to be tempted, he's going to be tried, and all these things are going to happen. But before I read this scripture, let me back up just a little bit. One chapter in Luke chapter 3, it's not going to be on the screens. Um, you, you guys all remember the story. Jesus walks down, and John the Baptist is baptizing people. And Jesus comes up, and John the Baptist is like, Jesus, uh, are you, you want to baptize me? And, and, John, and Jesus says, no, I want you to baptize me. So John the Baptist baptizes Jesus, and it's this glorious moment. It's like the heavens open, the Father comes down, he says, this is my son and who I am well pleased with. It's this incredible moment, this mountaintop highlight of his life, right? He's about to kick off his ministry. He gets out of the water, almost literally, and then the Spirit of the Lord is like, go into the desert. <laughs> Isn't that what life is like most times? I cannot tell you how many times I've been on the highest mountain. You're like, God is with me. He is for me. This is so amazing. And then the next day happens, your boss calls you, and you're like, you're fired. You're like, this is the worst day of my life. <laughs> right? We often find ourselves going from this high mountain right into the space in between. Right into the desert. And sometimes our question is, God, Why? And maybe it's going, hey, you want many more moments like that? Then you've got to learn how to deal with this tension. You've got to learn how to deal with this space in between, or you're never going to get back here again. So we pick it up in Luke chapter 4, verse 1 through 2. It says, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. Okay, He just got baptized, just wrapped it all up. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. Really? <laughs> like how many, you know you would be hangry. You would be, you, if you did not eat for 40 days. But I want you to notice two things that happened. Two things that happened in these first two verses. Number one, he was full of the Spirit. And number two, he was led by the Spirit. So before he ever went into the desert, he had been with Jesus. And listen, you cannot face the tension in life unless you have been with Jesus. 
The reason that we numb, the reason that we try to avoid all this tension and we try to get out of it is because we have not been with Jesus. We have forgotten where we were before. We forgot, hey, we were just on the mountaintop and God was with me and we were just declaring, everything is great, this is the greatest day of my life. I find it funny how so many Christians, including myself, how we have amnesia so quickly. It's like God is with us and then we have a bad day and we're like, God, he forgot about me. He doesn't love me. He surely doesn't care about me. And here's the truth. There's not a single wilderness that you can go into and face it on your own. It's the whole reason that Jesus went into the desert, but he was led by the Spirit. He wasn't alone. He was with his Father. He knew who he was, and he had his Father strengthening him every single day. See, he did not enter into the space in between alone. It's the most dangerous thing that you can do. Man, if you find yourself stuck today, I want you to ask yourself one question. Am I trying to do life by myself? If you are, it is the reason that you're remaining stuck. I'm telling you, my life has taken different heights since I've said, all right, I want to be involved in community. I want to be engaged with other people. Let's continue the verse. Pick it up in uh, chapter 4, verse 3. It says, then the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, what, he, what does he do? He questions his identity. It says, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. So I want to draw three points out of these texts, okay? The first one, number one, tension says satisfy yourself. Scripture says Jesus alone satisfies. So tension says satisfy yourself in that. Turn that, bread in, turn that stone into some bread. Scripture teaches, hey, Jesus is the only one that is going to satisfy you. And here's the truth. When you find yourself in that space in between, the greatest temptation is to self-gratify. To make yourself feel good. That's why we sit down in front of the TV. We got the ice cream. It's why, it's why we do that. Because we're trying to lose ourselves in something. Because the truth is that there is a greater hole in us that needs to be filled. And we don't really realize it sometimes. We're trying to fill it with something. And we think all we need is, I just need some more sleep. I just need to watch TV. I just need some rest. I just need to do that. And the truth is we need Jesus. We need Jesus to satisfy us. How many of you have ever said, or maybe you've made this claim before, if I just had more money, then I'd be happy. Um, If I could just go on vacation, or if I had a new car, if I had a new wife, if I, whatever it is. That wasn't a reference for me. (laughs) I have an incredible wife. Or or let me, what about this one? If I could just sleep in, I'd be good. If I could just sleep some more. If I could just veg out on Netflix for a day, I'd feel rested. Or, Or how about this one? If I just had some time to myself. Isn't it ironic, though, you can sleep as much as you want and you still wake up and your soul is still tired? You're still exhausted. And listen, I I can sleep with the best of them. (laughs) I'll just tell you that right now. I can. And the truth is, I can get as much sleep as I think that I need and still wake up exhausted. 
still wake up tired. Because the truth is I'm not finding genuine rest where my soul is restless. There's an anxiousness in me. There's something broken. There's something empty that can only be filled by Jesus. But remember, tension says, hey, satisfy yourself in the moment. But scripture says Jesus is the only one that can satisfy. St. Augustine put it this way. He said, you will always be restless until your soul finds rest in what? Jesus. You'll always be restless. You'll always be looking. See, the answer to the space in between is not more of the world. (laughs) It's more of Jesus. But here's the problem. When we're overwhelmed, we're tempted to numb, right? We're tempted to downshift. We're tempted to just relax. And here's the truth. I want you to get this this morning. Stress, worry, and anxiousness are not the problem. They are the symptoms of a greater disease. They're not the problem. See, ultimately, these symptoms point to a place in our life where we're not being satisfied through Jesus. So let me put it to you this way. You don't have a stress problem, you have a trust problem. You don't have a stress problem, you're you're not trusting in Jesus. You're not being satisfied in Christ. So stress, anxiousness, pain, all of these things are symptoms of a greater brokenness in us. That we don't really trust Jesus. We don't really trust that Jesus will satisfy us. When we come to church and we sing the songs and we, we listen to the sermons and we say God is enough and then we walk out of there and you're like, I don't know how this is going to work. Oh my God. I don't, and we freak out. Because we don't really trust Jesus. And it's trusting that Jesus will satisfy your weary soul. I love what Psalms 107.9 says. It says, for he satisfies the longing soul. And the hungry soul, he fills with good things. So listen, if you're hungry today, if you're looking for something, it says if you will come to Jesus, he'll fill you with what you need. He'll do it. So let's continue. Luke 4, verse 5 through 8. It says, Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. So it's almost like in one moment he just unlaid a movie screen, he said, look, this is everything that's going to happen in, in the history of the world. And it says, I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you will worship me. And Jesus replied, the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. So number two, so this is what tension says. Tension says build your own kingdom. Scripture says build his kingdom. So tension says build your own kingdom. Think about yourself. It's all about you anyway, right? Scripture says the only way that you're going to find joy in this life is by building his kingdom. See, the space in between, when we find ourselves in that, it says, look, it's, it's just all about you. You're going through a moment. Just going through a time where it's rough. You're just going through a season right now. It's hard. Life is difficult. You've been throwing a few curveballs. Just do nothing right now. Just relax. Just downshift. And what ends up happening? By the time we kind of come to, we've drifted off so far and we don't know how to get back. You ever been in the ocean swimming? You don't realize it. There's a slight riptide and it's like currently like just slowly taking you. And then when you pop back up and you get back on the shore, you realize like your towel is like a mile that way, right? And you didn't even realize it. You were just swimming. You were just having fun. 
and you were drifting. The core reason we never reach our destination is the very fact that we allow the space in between to get the best of us. And here's the truth. I think the most difficult thing for a lot of us many times is the way of Jesus is an upside way of life. It's an upside down kind of way of thinking. It's an upside down way of life. So let me give you a few verses. In Matthew 20, 16, it says, the first will be last and last will be first. The first will be last and last will be first. So see, in our world, it's like, no, you get to the table first, right? Like if you're at the back of the line, you're the first loser, buddy. You know what I mean? Matthew 20, 26 says that whoever wanted to be great in this world, then you need to be a servant in my kingdom. First Corinthians puts it like this. It says, God, this is crazy to me. God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And that he chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. See, God's kingdom is it's just totally upside down of what our culture is today. So if we want to build his kingdom, we have to start thinking upside down. Hey, it's not about me. I think, I don't know if you realize this or not, but um, control is an illusion. It really is. And some of it, like for all of our control freaks in here, you're like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally in control right now. <laughs> but you're not. Because I'm about to lock that door and we're going to burn this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're, not in, you're really not in control as much as you think you are. Because the truth is you don't control as much as you think that you do. Because we're all subject to it. We can get in this car and we never know what's going to happen. We're not really in control. See, the quickest way to get out of the space in between is to stop building our own kingdom and start building his. And here's the crazy part. When you start focusing on his kingdom and building his kingdom, he begins to build you up. He begins to build you. It's crazy. This year, um, it, it's weird. It's like the more money we give away, the more God blesses us. It's, it's weird. It's like the more you give, the more God gives back. And you're like, this, is, this doesn't make any sense. Because <laughs> it's a complete upside down kingdom. Luke 4 Verse 9 through 13. It's the last part of the text. It says, Then the devil took him to Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, He will order the angels to protect and guard you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And Jesus responded, The scriptures also say, You must not test the Lord your God. Now watch this, I love this, verse 13. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him. Until the next opportunity came. So point number three, tension says, formulate your own truth. Scripture says the promises of God are the truth. So in that stress, in that tension, what, what does it say? Hey, create your own truth. Create what's good for you. But scripture says the promises of God are the truth. And here's the truth. The space in between can cause us to believe a lie as the truth. So so we put it, I'm not worth it. God's forgotten about me. Jesus will never forgive me for, for what I've done. But I stand here today to tell you that those are lies. 
Because listen, when you're stressed out, when you're tense, when you find yourself in the space between your subject to believe these lies. And according to the scripture, God's promises are as follows. New life in Christ, burdens are lifted, he'll never leave you. He promises to finish the work that he started in you. And oftentimes, through the space in between. Because <laughs> here's, here's, here's the thing. If God just kept us on the mountaintop, we would never grow. We'd never grow. And then we would also deduce that there's no reason for God. Everything in my life is working great. Peace, joy, I've got money, I've got everything that I need. Why do I need God? So it's why God creates this space in between because he loves us enough to say, I I love you so much that I'm not going to let you stay where you're at. There's a greater depth to me. There's a greater joy to me. There's a greater peace to me. And I want you to experience that. So don't try to numb the tension. Don't try to numb the space in between. We've got to embrace it and allow God to do his perfecting work that only he can do. Here's the truth. When we're in the space in between, this is where real character is built. This is where real men and women are made. In that space in between when things are unsure. And listen, maybe you're sitting in here today and you're like, 2016 for me from like January 1st to December 31st. That was the space in between the entire year. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. Maybe it was a tough year. Maybe some of you are just like, whew. I am glad it is over. I'm glad it's done. I'm glad it's gone. And here's, listen, I'm not trying to be like, you know, a hammer that drops on the party or anything. 2017 will be the exact same thing. Nothing new. Absolutely nothing new unless you choose to embrace this tension. Nothing. Can I just be honest with you real quick? Many of you know that I have a few like little pet peeves. One of mine is this uh, saying, it's new year, it's a new me. If you post it on Facebook, I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> new year, new me. It will not be a new you unless you embrace what I'm talking about. Amen. You know the definition of insanity? We all know it. Doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. So if you're still doing what you're doing and hoping 2017 is going to be a better new year, it's just going to be a repeat of 2016, and it'll probably be worse. Because you'll learn how to lie better, you'll learn how to fake better, you'll learn how to deceive better, you'll learn how to hide better. You just get better at craft. That's all, that's all that happens, right? The space in between is where we find true joy. And listen, true joy is not just, it's not happiness. It's not just like I walk around with a smile on my face every day. True, genuine, authentic joy is saying, I am going through the deepest, most difficult time in my life, and I still love God. I still love my wife. I'm still working. And listen, it's difficult. It's hard. Yes. But I still understand that God hasn't forgotten me. He hasn't left me. In essence, we go back to James chapter 1. The space in between is a gift. The ESV says, consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials, for it is the testing of your faith that produces endurance. See, this life, what? It's it's not a sprint. 
It's a marathon, and if you don't pace yourself right, you're going to burn out too quickly. You're going to burn out too quickly. So let me close with this. Maybe you find yourself in here today going, I'm, I'm in that moment right now. I'm in that like space in between. I'm in that tension. I'm in that stress. And maybe you find it. Maybe it's marriage. Maybe it's just circumstances. Maybe, maybe you had a tragedy this year and you just haven't been able to get over that. Maybe you had something that just threw you for a loop and you, for some reason you just can't seem to get out of that funk out of the dysfunction of whatever's going on. Maybe your family right now is just dysfunctional. Whatever, whatever it may be, I want to encourage you with a few things. Number one, I want you to make a commitment to Sabbath. So here's what that means. You have one day a week where you literally just decompress. I would... I think Sunday would probably be the best. You come to church in the morning and then you have a day. Here's a new thought. We turn our phone off. Some of you are like, like you would be <laughs> like in a fetal position, right? <laughs> you, it, but here's the truth. What's happening if we're not careful be because of technology, because of everything going on, we're going to lose idea, we're going to lose innovation, we're going to lose all of that. Because of the fact that we're in a culture that just wants to numb every... We're not living in reality. We want to numb as much as we can. I don't want to think. I don't want to have to deal with anything. I just want to numb it. That's the power of social media. And listen, there are good aspects of it. Many of you are here today because of social media. Right? So there, there are good things to it. But have a day where you say, listen, I'm going to make a commitment. We're going to go to church every Sunday. Every Sunday. And then we're going to have some time where, man, we just, we decompress. We, we, we turn the phones off for a while. And here's a new, we have a moment where we actually pursue Jesus. Where we say, okay, God, I know I've been avoiding you all week. <laughs> I've been distracting myself. And I think the reason that we do it so much and so often is because the truth is we're, we're really scared to look inside. That's why we numb because we're really scared of what we're going to find and what we're going to discover. And here's the truth. I would rather you go through a few months of maybe some pain and all of that, but to come out on the other end and go, oh, I'm finally just free of that. I'm done. So maybe for some of you this year, man, it's getting in a life group. It's coming to church consistent. It's surrounding yourself by people that are going to build you up. So 2017 can be the best year of your life if it's the best year spiritually. It can. If it's the year that you say, okay, God, I'm done numbing, I'm done playing games. I want to dive into this. I want to fight for joy. Listen, anything that you want in life is not just going to be handed to you. You got to fight for it. You got to fight, you got to fight for an intimate relationship with Jesus. You got to fight for peace. You got to fight for joy. Even in marriage, it's not a bad thing to fight. Like when I counsel some young couples and they're like, he's just awesome, we never fight. I'm like, you're in trouble. You're you're definitely in trouble. Like it it really is, it's a healthy thing at times. 
Not saying yelling at each other, that's bad. Pushing each other, shoving each other. I'm saying there is a healthy place to fight, though. Because if you're not fighting, then it means that you're numbing and you're not really dealing with the issues. So you're stiff-arming, right? (laughs) 